0: Did you see
1: a hand come down here? Nope. The Force. It's a trap!
2: The Force. The Force. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field. Created by all living things, it surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy
3: together. The Force. the Force. The Force. The Force. The Force. Hey everybody, welcome to The Force Of Course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host Ted, and thank the maker, things are going back to normal. That's right, things at the job are no longer hectic, and that means hopefully I can get the show back on a regular schedule. Speaking of schedules, today's show we're going to deal a little bit with the streaming service and what shows we can expect this year and possibly when we can expect them. We're also going to do our Book of Boba Fett season in review, and we're actually going to hear from quite a few listeners today. But before we dig into all of that, let's head over to the Force of Course news of the week. just one bit of news today, but it's a whopper, and that is that John Williams is recording or has recorded an original theme piece for the Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming series. Now, this is very likely going to be the last piece of Star Wars music he creates for us, and quite frankly, I can't wait to hear it. I'm not saying I'm not happy with what Ludwig Goranson has done with The Mandalorian. I think the Book of Boba Fett score was a little eh, in-your-face, a little over-the-top, but maybe that fits the series. Um, But what he did with The Mandalorian was really cool and very fitting. I'm just excited to hear new John Williams Star Wars music. And that's what we're going to get. At least one piece for the Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming series. And this concludes The Force, of course, News of the Week. If you remember last week, I announced that the Kenobi series was going to release on May 25th. Now that's six episodes, which takes it to June 29th. Screen Rant released an article, oh, it was sometime in December, I believe, that said that Bad Batch Season 2 would launch in the spring of 2022. Now that's between March 20th and June 20th. So if they were going to fit that in between right now, where we don't have anything, and Kenobi on the 25th, that needs to happen right away. As a matter of fact, if it's going to be the same number of episodes as last season, we don't have time to fit it in before Kenobi starts. So I'm not sure if that's true. Also, Andor has 12 episodes. So let's see. If Kenobi wraps on June 29th, I think we'll take at least a month off. And then Andor will kick off sometime in August. Now, if it's 12 episodes, that'll take us through to October. And then another break for November... I'd say mid to late December we get season three of The Mandalorian. I'm just not really sure where this Bad Batch is going to fit. The math doesn't work for me. If it's a June release of this year, it needs to happen right away. Or maybe it doesn't have as many episodes as last season. Either one of those could be true. I don't know. There's been really no, no trailer, no release talk officially. So I guess we have to wait and see. That's just my wild speculation. I also know Marvel's Moon Knight is going to launch on March 30th. And for whatever reason, Disney doesn't like to jam up Marvel and Star Wars. I guess they think we can't handle two things at once. Maybe they're right, I don't know. But the release calendar for this year is becoming quite cloudy to me. I'm starting to wonder if we're even going to get everything we've been promised. All I can tell you is that I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Bad Batch Season 2. I'm ready for Kenobi, although I'm trying to go into it very dry. I don't want to be, shall we say, disappointed like uh, some of us were with Boba Fett, where we went into it with high expectations, and uh, those expectations were Mm. not met, I guess. Mando Season 3, we kind of see where that's going because of the Book of Boba Fett. They kind of put that plot out there for us, Um, and or... There's almost zero expectation. So I think that's really going to be the big hit. I think that's where Star Wars is going to shine this year is in a series that we don't know what to expect. So everything we get is going to be amazing and new and exciting. And it's already been greenlit for a season two. So they seem happy with it. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from some of you listeners about uh, your opinions on the Book of Boba Fett, the season as a whole. Stick around.
1: From Kenner's Star Wars collection, the new Darth Vader TIE Fighter.
0: Careful, Luke. We've got company.
1: X-Wing fighter and action figure sold separately. Batteries not included.
0: He's on our tail, Luke.
1: Darth Vader's TIE Fighter has flashing lights.
2: Action sound.
0: Luke's force is strong, but we've got him now. Oh, no, you don't. We've lost our solar panels. Perfect. Hit. I'll be back.
4: Kenner's new Star Wars Darth Vader TIE Fighter. X-Wing fighter and action figure each sold separately. Hey, welcome
3: back. I hope you enjoyed the break, I know I did. I went downstairs to clean the basement, saw what a job that was, and instead um, drank a beer and played with my toys. I'm an idiot. Okay, so last week I asked for some of your opinions on the Book of Boba Fett as a whole, and I got quite a few responses. Uh, We're gonna go through those now. Now, the first person we're going to hear from is my son, Andrew, and he didn't submit a voice message because we were in the same house and that just kind of felt weird. But um, this is what Andrew had to say. Overall, I think it was good. Too much of the Mando story in Grogu, though. I wish we could have seen more of the original bounty hunters show up like Bosk or Dengar. Maybe we'll get that in the next season if there is one. Uh, He continues by saying Boba Fett seems to have lost whatever skills made him such a legendary bounty hunter. Um, I couldn't agree more, Andrew. Can you tell he's my kid? So you're going to hear some recurring themes in these messages, one of which is uh, we don't know if we're going to get a second season, but I think everyone's kind of hopeful that we do. I think everyone's on board with that. I agree with Andrew. I think um, we could have done without the Grogu stuff. I think bringing Mando on was probably necessary. He did need some help, and and Mando is an awesome ally. Um, I just don't think we needed the Grogu stuff here. That that belongs in the Mandalorian story. I'm not sure why it was included here. Um, As far as the original bounty hunters, I couldn't agree more. I was so upset that we didn't get that. I really wanted to see all of them back in action. I mean, back when they were promoting the show, they told us, we were going to get flashbacks between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and maybe even before. Um, that didn't really happen. We got a couple Camino flashbacks that were really brief, and everything else was post-Jedi. I don't know. Disappointing. So I would love to see a season two, uh, same as you, Andrew. And if that happens, I really want to see some backstory of the other bounty hunters. Let's bring all them back and let's have some fun there. Okay, next up, we have super listener Sharon, all the way from Ireland. Um, let's go ahead and listen to her clip.
2: Hi, Ted. Shar here. Here's my reflections on the Book of Boba Fett. I won't nitpick too much on specific scenes or episodes. Suffice to say that I really love the Tatooine retrospective. Didn't enjoy the slow-mo mopeds or the shiny chrome too much. The colors and the characters were a bit of a weird production choice for me did love the return to the Sarlacc scene with uh, Slave 1 slash Firespray. I thought that was properly cinematic and really quite beautiful. On the negative side, I was a little bit disappointed and frustrated by the early dialogue scenes between Boba and Fennec, so he appeared to be asking and speaking continuously in short staccato sentences, um, which was kind of more like trailer sound bites. Um, And I think that seeking reassurance from Fennec made him look weak rather than new to the daimyo role. I did love the scene where he's proposing Fennec and himself set up in business. Um, That dialogue just seemed more substantial. The writing was more subtle, more nuanced. I thought it revealed their character arc. I thought it was an indication of their maturity and experience. And actually, that scene really held my attention. Um, The other issue I have is with the editing, Uh, that balance of present time to past time within the episodes. Now, when you watch all four of the first uh, episodes back together as a kind of a movie, I think it works. But Watching week to week, the structure and the pacing of the editing just seemed a little bit wrong to me. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not an editor. Um, I didn't want to have any major expectations for the series because I don't think you could ever really live up to the hype and nostalgia. So it was a little bit frustrating at times. However, I really feel that I have to overlook these things because my overriding feeling is that we're really fortunate to live in a time where the technology has allowed us to revisit these characters from our childhood, and they held such reverence and joy uh, to us and for us. So that addition of Mando and Pellimato, the armor Cobb Ant, the Rancor, Cad Ahsoka, Luke, and even Grogu, that was welcome um, in terms of the new uh, entourage of, of characters within the Star Wars universe, and that was quite thrilling, although again, you could question the choice of how that was edited into the overall series but I don't want to see loads of these people, you know, little and often is preferable. I think it's um, it's better just to have them as little highlights. So obviously those highlights and the fight scenes are a bit distracting, but if I think overall about the series, I think it holds up. And uh, just on a personal note, I'm really pissed off about Garza disappearing too. What an asset or assets, wink, wink.
3: Sharon, that's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, sending that in. Uh, it's good to hear you're still using that fake accent. Love it. Um, I agree that the back and forth uh, between Boba Fett and Fennec started out kind of, um, I guess the clinical term is wonky, to where Boba seemed insecure in that role as crime boss. And Fennec wanted to steer the ship a lot. She was trying to do some course correction. And then towards the end, it seemed like Boba Fett had found his footing um, and Fennec kind of fell in stride as the right-hand man. This goes right back to what Andrew said about Boba Fett losing uh, the skills that made him the legendary bounty hunter. Like, he seemed like a fish out of water in this. And I understand you're taking on a new role, but you had a certain skill set, Liam Neeson, that should have carried you through. Um, Sure, there was going to be some learning curve, but I don't know. He just seemed really insecure in this new role. You are correct, Sharon. We are very fortunate to live in a time where these things are possible. So exciting. uh, As a kid after Return of the Jedi, A, I didn't think we were going to get any more Star Wars. B, when we started to get more Star Wars, it had nothing to do with the era that I was used to. Uh, So I just figured we weren't going to get anything else from that timeline. And here we are, everything we're getting practically deals with that timeline which is amazing to me also you mentioned garza Fwip and you you joked about her assets couldn't agree more but um really i thought that character could have been a real asset to boba's team like i didn't think she had any like combat skills or anything like that. But as far as like the espionage and the spy network that she could have dealt with, I thought, you know, that was a missed opportunity to just have her blown to bits. Did I say tits? Bits. Okay. So the next message we're going to listen to is part one uh, of a longer message from the pod father, Travis. Uh, I broke it into two parts because there are two points he's making. And I thought this would break it up nice and even. Um, so let's go ahead and
1: listen to that now. Hello, Ted, and listeners of The Force, of course. My name is Travis. You may remember me from the last time I murdered your ears, screaming into Alexander Graham Bell's original telephone. But I am here right now. Hopefully, I sound better. And hopefully, you all find this well. I'm here to give my thoughts on the book of Boba Fett overall. Season one, I guess there's going to be more seasons. I know none of us really know. And I'm just going to get it out of the way I really enjoyed myself uh, In Boba Fett, The Book of Boba Fett Season 1 Really enjoyed it And I know I'm not in the minority here uh, 60% of people uh, on Rotten Tomatoes liked it And I'm not doing the critic score I'm doing the overall fan score The critic score was 73% The audience score was 60 And I know Rotten Tomatoes isn't the end-all be-all But I, at least when I recorded this wanted to have an idea of Where I sat in the fan base And while we are the majority There's 40% of people that did not like it They didn't think it was a good show And I think that now that we are All the way through the first season I think those initial knee-jerk reactions Have settled a little bit And now we get to look at the season as a whole And for me, I still really enjoyed it Was it flawed? Sure I think the biggest issue they had from the beginning Is that I don't think they promoted the show right I know they wanted to do the Mandalorian things As kind of a surprise But I'll get to that a little bit later The main thing that I think that they weren't upfront with Is that this is really going to be kind of Robert Rodriguez-y And I mean that in the best way I myself am a Robert Rodriguez fan I'm not the biggest fan But I enjoy some of his movies And I think it would have been better suited To make sure that everyone knew And I knew it was clear That he was the executive producer He would be directing an episode or two Or however many he directed You can see his fingerprints on this And I feel like People should have expected some of the camp And the zaniness from Robert Rodriguez in the show And I'm talking about things like the slow speed chase The scene where Boba Fett's chasing around the rat droid In Jabba's palace There are things that are very Rodriguez-y In the show And you have to know that Robert's in on the joke He's paying homage to something to enjoy it And I, not that I think I'm some transcendent movie critic But I, I do think that as if you know that the director is in on the joke, I can accept some of the campiness a little bit more than just the, why the fuck is in this intense infiltration scene and then an escape scene with Boba Fett's ship? Why the fuck are we throwing in this weird rat droid chase around a kitchen? Like, what is the point of that? And And I think... Knowing that it's Robert Rodriguez It made it a little bit easier for me to stomach Because of his past films And honestly, all you have to do is look at All the weird shit in Spy Kids There's a literal person with a dick gun In From Dusk Till Dawn His name's Sex Machine And then in Desperado At the end, two guys show up One of them has a rocket launcher In a guitar case And he uses it That's like the most memorable thing Besides uh, Salma Hayek Hayek. Selma Hayek, in the Desperado movie is the rocket launcher in a guitar case guy. Like that's the that's the image in my head. And I think that was probably a problem for some people. But for me, when I fully processed that, yes, they ran on the joke, it made me appreciate it a little bit more, okay. Awesome.
3: Thank you, Travis. The first thing I have to say is, you can tell he's a, he's been a podcaster for a while because he's doing his homework with the Rotten Tomato scoring. That's that's pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm just turn the mic on and say dumb stuff. Oh god, is anyone listening anymore? No, just me. Okay, I understand that fans of Robert Rodriguez may love all the things in the book of Boba Fett that I kind of latched onto as a negative. Um, like the, the crazy uh, Vespa chase, like the mods with the weird eye things. Um, yeah, all the, all the little weird stuff you talked about. I, I like Robert Rodriguez and I like his style of storytelling, but when I heard he was going to do the book of Boba Fett for whatever reason, and this is on me, this is not anyone else. I just assumed it was going to be, and this is quoting Robert Rodriguez himself, um, no filler, all killer. And honestly, I, I feel like we got quite a bit of filler and not a whole lot of killer. So campiness aside, I guess now that you mention it, okay, I can look past that and I can I can absorb that and realize, okay, that is this particular person's style. I just didn't get what he told me he was going to give me the action that was in it was pretty damn amazing. So I'm not really going to complain about it. I just, I wanted more, but again, that's on me. That's not in anybody else. All right. The next message is from one half of the smugglers galaxy podcast. Uh, and we are going to hear from Glenn now.
4: Hey Ted, it's Glenn. Part of the smugglers galaxy podcast, a star Wars collecting podcast. going to try not to, uh, ramble about Book of Boba Fett for too long, but here, here's my thoughts. Um, maybe they should have called it Chapter of Boba Fett because that's about all we got. It was more Mandalorian Season 2.5, which I'm cool with, but freaking advertise it like that because we were all expecting to see Boba Fett hunt down Han Solo or some backstory of there or see Boba Fett as, you know, a badass, not him trying to rule, you know, Attack of the Clones... Tatooine bullshit that we saw. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was, which, like I said, it was Mandalorian Season 2.5. First three episodes were slow, but uh, as with all things Disney+, Plus, I understand that they need to build on it, and that's what they do. Look at WandaVision. It took them three episodes to figure out that it wasn't some 80s sitcom, that it was Wanda imagining stuff. And then it turned out to be a pretty cool thing once you saw the whole picture. So, I, you know, right now, I, I, I'm as you see the whole picture of the Book of Boba Fett, it's a cool episode. I enjoyed it. Cool show. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a waste of time. I really wanted to see Boba Fett kicking ass, like I've already said. Uh, you know, we were supposed to get a raw and gritty uh, season. We didn't get that. We got to see Finnick sneak around for about five minutes and you know Robert Rodriguez promised us all this stuff look at look at what it look at what I did with my kids in my backyard and we got a little bit of that I mean the ending ending fight scene even as awesome as it was it just that's all we got we got a little bit of you got you know Mandalorian kicking ass with the dark saber which a freaking freaking dark saber oh my god dark saber I hope we see that some more. Maybe in the Ahsoka show or in the, uh, you know, Mandalorian season three, or, you know, the Bo Katan show or the Luke Skywalker show or the Obi Wan Kenobi show or whatever the hell they give us. But I think this is a blueprint for them um, preparing us for what's to come because that's sort of what Dave Filoni uh, does. John Favreau, that's what they do. They, they, they. Sprinkle little breadcrumbs. That's what they did with uh, Cad Bane, which was pretty cool to see him live. I, I know you—you you pretty much, you know, couldn't stand up for a few minutes after you saw that guy because that was pretty cool. You were the first person I thought of when I saw Cad Bane. I'm like, them mother effers did it, and I know Ted's gonna be happy. But anyway, you know they introduced Cad Bane and the, the Bad Batch to all the people who haven't watched Clone Wars. So now you know if you hadn't watched Clone Wars and you hadn't now we, you know they're reintroducing Ahsoka. Getting her ready, getting us ready for that show. But I think the uh, the next few seasons or next few shows that they're going to do is going to be some crazy stuff where they're going to just do pull people from all over the Star Wars universe, which I'm down with as long as they do it right. Um, Why am I rambling on about Ahsoka? I don't know. Anyway, because I can't wait for that freaking show. So back to Book of Boba Fett. It was enjoyable. It should have been the chapter of Boba Fett, not the book of Boba Fett, because he was only in it. The best episodes he wasn't in. The Tusken Raider chick, the uh, warrior, she was awesome. The Seeing a little bit more of the Tusken Raiders was, was cool, but it wasn't a Tusken Raider show. <laughs> so, And like you said, how long does it take to ride a Bantha across freaking Tatooine when you had speeder bikes? I don't understand why he did that. Anyway, I rambled on long enough. I should have wrote this all down, and I didn't. But just remember, play with your toys.
3: Okay, awesome. Thank you, Glenn. Um, Yes, I wanted raw and gritty, uh, just like you did. And we got some of it. Um, The Sarlacc pit comes to mind. like That scene was exactly what I wanted. Most of the combat scenes, exactly what I wanted. Um, The silly scene where he's sitting on the speeder pretending to ride a bantha and that ridiculously bright white grin. Those are some of the things that stick out like, uh, that didn't fit in with the raw and gritty. My goodness. Seriously, this just keeps coming back to me. We were told it's going to be brutal, that Boba Fett was on a mission of vengeance. And the only vengeance really we saw... Uh, was in a very fast scene where he gunned down the bikers. And those bikers really sounds like they didn't have anything to do with what he thought they did. We got no explanation as to why he killed Bib Fortuna at the end of season two of Mando. Like, I I thought we were going to get a backstory of why he was so pissed off at Bib Fortuna. Like, what happened there? Boba Fett was supposedly going after the people that had wronged him. I didn't see a whole lot of that going on. Whatever. Glenn... Um. I know you're stoked for the Ahsoka series. Um, The Darksaber was probably as big a turn-on for you as Cad Bane was for me. And yes, I did have a Cad boner. Um, Even though he died in the series, it was a fitting death. And I was just damn glad to see him in live action. I'm kind of hoping he turns up in live action somewhere else in a different timeline. That would be awesome. But yeah, the Ahsoka series... Glenn, I hope that's going to give you everything you want from it. I know you're hoping for a continuation of Rebels and your love for the Rebels series runs deep. So I hope that uh, your expectations aren't kind of pooped on. Uh, I hope they give you what you want, because if they give you what you want, it's going to be a damn fine story. And I'm ready for that. Okay, let's jump over to uh, part two of Travis the Podfather's message.
1: The other knock on Book of Boba Fett, and this one did apply to me, is that it felt a lot like The Mandalorian Season 2.5. And while Baby Yoda heals all wounds, I, the, the episode before, I guess it was, what was it? Episode 6, 7? Yeah, so it would have been 6 was the first one about Mando finding, I don't know, this is the coven? I don't. I don't know all the Star Wars words. I love Star Wars, but I'm not, it's... It's not, it's not part of my blood. I mean, I guess it is. But I, I don't know. Whatever the fuck. The Forge. Whatever. This is the way club. I don't know where he finds them and then gets banished, setting up the next season of The Mandalorian, I presume. I wasn't super into that because it was jarring. I wanted to watch more Boba Fett. That's what I wanted. And then the next episode was pretty Baby Yoda heavy. And I went from, this doesn't have anything to do with Boba Fett, to... This doesn't have anything to do with Boba Fett. Oh my god, I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda heals all wounds. That being said, I really think they should have just done Mandalorian Season 3 and dedicated two or three episodes to Boba Fett's rise to power if you're just going to have Mandalorian there for all the important parts of the season anyway. That's not to take anything away from how it ended. That's not to take anything away from... Any of the battle scenes All the things that I loved I enjoyed the season But I definitely think It was kind of a bait and switch And just another way to get people More Mandalorian quicker And wrap up some loose ends Now I don't know if that's because Of the issues with Is it, what's, what's the Is it Pablo? What's the guy's name? Who who plays the Mandalorian? He was the Viper in Game of Thrones That's what I know him from What is his name? What is that dude's name? I'm going to look it up I don't even care This is not my show But I'm I'm actually acting like it is Pedro Pascal Yes, Pedro I don't know if they're trying to buy more time To figure out that situation Find ways around that I don't know what was recorded I don't know if they just have a voice-alike Or whatever But it definitely felt like this was just Less about Boba Fett And more about the overall story Of The Mandalorian and honestly, that doesn't surprise me with Disney, Marvel, now Star Wars is hard on for connected universes. I, I just was not, I, I just didn't love it. I didn't love that I was getting force fed the Mandalorian, but baby Yoda pretty much made it better. I, I I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. He's fucking cute. I can't help it. But uh, hopefully that's what you're looking for, Ted. Um, those were my thoughts on the book of Boba Fett. Season one or the Mandalorian season (laughs) 2.5. Okay. Travis, I love you, man.
3: Yes. uh, Parts of this did feel like Mandalorian season 2.5. And again, that didn't need to be here. Like I said before, yes, I think the Mandalorian did fit in. I don't think the Grogu did. And some people argue, well, yes, they needed Grogu at the very end to calm down the rancor, but wouldn't it also make sense if the Rancor was on a rampage and it was attacking Din Djarin and it was just about to like stomp on him or, or crush him or whatever. And instead Boba Fett jumps in front of the Rancor and with the bond that they had built, he was able to calm the Rancor. I, I don't think that's very far reaching. If we'd seen more of the relationship he had built with the Rancor in an earlier episode, this would have worked as, just as well. And we didn't need Grogu in, in this series. That's just me. Also, Travis, I love that you, uh, renamed the covert and now it is known as the, this is the way club. I think we should make t-shirts. All right. Last, but certainly not least, we're going to hear from Jason Wasulko. I hope I didn't butcher your last name. I said it fast so hopefully no one would notice, but then I just called it out because that's what I do because I'm dumb. Uh, The
0: other half of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Ted. This is Jason from the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast, and you had asked me to provide you my impressions from the Book of Boba Fett, so here they are. My first impression is the Tusken Raider himself. (laughs) My second impression will be the Mandalorian. I could bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. And then my final impression from the book of Boba Fett is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Boba Fett. Like a bantha. Go make bantha babies. But in the event that you were asking for my impressions as in my thoughts of this, the show. um, Let me provide those for you. My thoughts are that. I liked it. I liked the whole season a lot. I thought the season worked better than separate episodes, meaning I, the first couple episodes left my head scratching, and I wanted more. And I didn't understand where they were going with it. What was the purpose of spending so much time for the Tusken Raider, t- spending time with the Tusken Raiders? It, I think it ended up that Boba Fett was tired of being. Um, alone and without a sense of purpose with a community that's something he always longed for and that show the show gave it to him and, and and that's the whole purpose of the tuscans was to to show him that he can be part of something bigger than himself and it all comes to a head at the end with cad bane cad bane was is is what boba fett used to be he used to be alone he used to be a gun for hire uh ruthless a killer no sense of community Boba Fett on the other hand has grown and he's learned. And if it wasn't for the Tusken Raiders, um, if it was just gun to gun, you know, Cad Bane would have won, but because of that training with the Tusken Raiders and because of that purpose that he's learned throughout the, the season of this uh, show, um, he's able to defend himself. And, uh, I think it was a great story and a great, um, kind of lesson, you know, be part of a community. It can only benefit us all. Um, I hope they make a season two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they forego that. And Boba Fett just appears in uh, future episodes of The Mandalorian and Ahsoka and anything else post Return of the Jedi. Um, I don't believe he would show up in uh, Obi-Wan or Andor, but what do I know? Um, But those are my impressions of the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go play with my toys now.
3: Okay, First of all, Jason, uh, the impressions, that was so funny. I did not expect that. Totally took me by surprise, and I laughed uh, probably longer than I should have, but that was very funny. Thank you. Um, after a second watch through, I will say that it did help. And for a long time, they would show these little snippets in the flashbacks of Camino when Boba Fett was a little kid and, and the uh, Slave One was flying off into the distance and Boba was like staring longingly out the window at it. And I thought, Oh, we're going to get more Camino. And it never happened. And I thought, well, shit, there was no payoff there, but I was wrong watching it all the way through. It did click for me. Boba Fett, even as a kid, even though he had a father, his father was always leaving him behind. So there was that separation anxiety. And then when his father was killed and he was still young he didn't have a family anymore. So along the way, he would pick up mentors here and there, Cad Bane kind of being one of them, in search for a family. And Star Wars has always, always, always been about family, whether it be actual family or found family. And I think if there's one thing we can take away from this particular series, it's a sense of belonging. Boba Fett wanted that sense of belonging. Uh, He found it With the Tuscans for a few years after Return of the Jedi and and before this series, the present day piece of this series took off. And then that family was taken away from him again. So then he wanted to build his own crime family with Fennec and and the mods. And he was pulling people into his family. If he couldn't find an existing family, if his family was ripped away from him, damn it, he was going to build his own family and, and bring people around him to make it happen. And in the end, he was honestly successful. And that's what I'm taking away from this series is a sense of belonging and found family. Again, we don't know about a season two. I have high hopes. I have to think that this season was successful enough to certainly warrant another season. Only time will tell. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you like what you hear, tell a buddy, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the easiest way to grow the audience and the audience is growing. Thank you for that. Feel free to engage with me on social media at Instagram and Facebook at the Force of Course. You can email the show directly at the Force of Course77 at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The Force of Course. My name is Ted, and you heard it from Jason and Glenn today. Play with your toys.